come back at you with episode four. I'm your host, Colin. And I'm Jordan. Grab a cocktail and have a seat while we talk about some crime and our crippling depression. So I'm going to take it away. I'm not even going to let him finish. (laughs) I got some beef. I love my sister, okay? I would do anything for her. But I wash my hair like once a week. You know, I'm one of those girlies. I can go a long time. And somehow every time I go to wash my hair, there is not a single drop of conditioner in the damn bottle. And that girl does not replace the conditioner. So this is her official warning. (laughs) Replace it, Riley. Replace it. Or we will fight. I love you, though. Okay, Colin, do you have anything to contribute? Uh, no. Because this is the second episode we're recording in a row. This is right after the Technically Family Secrets episode. And so I, I got nothing. I got my complaints out during the last one, so I'm sorry. And I'm getting a little toasty from the wine. However, the cocktail for this episode is not going to change because I still haven't finished my glass of wine for this one. But I did buy a bottle of Stella Rosa Tropical Mango for this episode, if anyone cares about that at all. Once again, at your local Walmart. (laughs) (laughs) These are not sponsored episodes. However, they better write me a fucking check. Give me my one penny. (laughs) Give me my royalties. (laughs) Anyway, so we are going to be covering delivery driver crimes for this episode. Jordan went first last time, so I think it's my turn. Take it away, beautiful lady. All right, so I did some shallow dives, one of them being funny. Uh, Two of them technically funny, one of them is not funny at all, and it's ongoing, so I'm not going to have a lot of information on that. So for delivery driver crimes, I've got first three cases. The first one being Zanna Kernodal. Not sure how to pronounce her name. So she had had a DoorDash order minutes before she was stabbed to death inside her home what the fuck yeah um, whoa wait (laughs) there's gonna be one sad and two funny stabbed to death (laughs) what (laughs) so damn um, okay at 4 a.m her order was dropped off she door dashed at 4 a.m uh not too long ago i knew i had to get up early in the morning for work so i set DoorDash to have my shit delivered when my alarm was gonna go off so i could get up eat and then go to work who is DoorDash in that early in the morning? Are you guys okay? <laughs> are you okay? I know I don't sleep a lot, but are you okay? But, um, so her order was dropped off at 4 a.m. She was active on her phone at 4.12 a.m., but had been slaughtered alongside her boyfriend by 4.25 a.m., as stated by investigators. Her roommates, Madison Mogan, 21, and Kaylee Gonclaves, 21, were also murdered as they slept on a different floor, it took seven weeks, but cops arrested Brian Koberger in connection with the crimes on December 30th. Oh my god, this is the Idaho murders. Yes. I oh, so. I thought this was just like two random people getting killed. Yeah, they were like out having a good time. That makes sense why they were up that early. I hadn't heard anything about it. it I thought these were just like could, this me and you on a casual on Tuesday, DoorDash no. at 4 a.m. <laughs> I oh mean, my god, I was I, so worried about them. I literally woke up out of a dead... I mean, I'm still worried about these people, don't get me wrong, but I thought they were just like, Psh, I'm door dashing at 4 a.m. I no, murdered. I, I woke up out of a dead sleep, looked at my phone, and was like, I'm going to be hungry in the morning, and ordered... Yeah, I thought it was something like that, not the Idaho murders. Uh, I haven't heard anything about it, and I, this, shit's this crazy. is kind of all I have. I'm going to have to look more into it. Yeah, definitely but look into it. It's fucking insane. He was arrested on December 30th, 
and though he has indicated through a lawyer he will plead not guilty that's all the information that i have for you don't trust him he looks weird he did look a little weird he looks a lot of weird yeah a little murdering not just a little so my next Anyhow. case is kind of a funny one i got ronnie doherty coming at you <laughs> i thought you were just gonna say i got ronnie <laughs> ronnie <laughs> Ron, stop! <laughs> Ron, this stop! Is, this isn't you. <laughs> April, so on April 26, 2016, Ronnie Doherty, he goes by Ronnie D, <laughs> made it super easy to be tracked down by deputies after he robbed a Hungry Howie's delivery driver. The article states, Doherty apparently had a craving for wings with a side order of crime. He called for Hungry Howie's on South Florida Avenue in Lakeland. And sent them to a random home near his own. When the driver arrived, he appeared with a shirt around his face and a gun in his hand. He got a whole $20 out of that. And that's all he stole. Didn't even take the wings. Just $20. If you're going to... What? If take you're the gonna wings. If you're going to hold on a gunpoint at that... At least take the wings. They only got 20 bucks at that point. Just take the car. But, you know... Fuck the car. Go, take the wings. Go off, King. Well, I mean, I don't know if Hungry Howie's so, good wings. So, this idiot, three days earlier, had ordered from the same Hungry oh Howie's location. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> And this time when he ordered, he gave them his real name. So they had his number, his real name, and they had his address from the last time he ordered. <laughs> so naturally he got arrested. I'd be so pissed if I ever got robbed by somebody who's stupid. And as someone it who works in a bank, bucks. this is like legitimate, like a fear of mine. Like, I hope someone this dumb can't take me down. Like, hell no. Um, so then the next one I have, it's very short even less than that i just have august 15th 2022 at a wendy's drive through just uh, at a wendy's yeah in fayetteville <laughs> so it's a little close to home oh, so oof, i had to this is personal yeah <laughs> i'm a little bit threatened <clears throat> i'm scared to go to wendy's now a uh, food delivery driver pointed a gun at a fast food restaurant employee <laughs> after complaining she had to wait in line too long to pick up her order i guess she just got mad asked the employee to drive to the door well, no. Asked the employee to go to the door, and when she got to the door, the lady just kind of took her gun, pointed it, and was yelling, and then drove off. And they didn't get it, catch it on video or anything, so they don't know who did it. You know, you know what? Nothing will ever beat the Florida man who threw a fucking alligator through the, <laughs> through the window. I just saw a video earlier of a woman walking next to a lake with her little dog, and that gator snatched them both. It, and I was like, I felt bad because it was an elderly woman and her small little white dog getting just ripped into the water and killed. However, why are you that close to the water with your small ass dog? I don't know. It's like the apartment complex I used to live at. You used to have an alligator just chilling in the pond in the back. It was they fenced it in because there was one. But it just like and then they took it away because you know that's not good to have when you have children living in the complex. As a Florida resident, you're supposed to know. I mean, maybe she was suicidal. You never know. If there is a drop of fresh water, just expect that there's an alligator and don't go near it unless like you're being. Maybe she was suicidal. My plan is if I'm ever really feeling it, I'm just gonna take all my money, go down to Key West, and spend it all and live in a cardboard box. When I get eaten, I get eaten. (laughs) I mean. Can't tell a woman what to do. It is very sad, and I hope that that woman's family is okay. Oh, for sure. Um, anyone in Florida, do not walk your small ass dog near the water. Listen Please to Colin's advice: you. don't go near a drop of water without expecting an alligator. Period. Colin's telling the truth. And all right, so I'm gonna let Jordan take it away with her case. All right, so I am covering Brian Wells, 
I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but it is crazy. And the beginning, it's a little bit close to home. Like I said, I do work at a bank, so it's a little bit insane. So, like any other story we've covered, obviously it starts with a crime. Um, a man walks into a PNC bank and he hands a note to a teller that he's robbing the bank and he wants $250,000 and he has a bomb with him. So, the teller obviously does not give him $250,000, uh, but she gives him a good amount of money. And he leaves and he's on the move to his next location. That was when the first call to 911 was received from the bank reporting the robbery. It was about 15 minutes later that he was arrested and was sitting on the ground. Wells told the story of three unarmed black men that had placed the bomb around his neck, provided him with the shotgun that was disguised as a cane, and told him they would kill him unless he committed the robbery and completed several other tasks they had laying around town for him to find. So he's basically on this scavenger hunt to save his life. This all happened because he was supposed to deliver a pizza to this old radio tower. So the responding police officers did not attempt to disarm the device because they thought it was fake. But they instead focused on the immediate area and the bystanders, making sure that if it was real, they wouldn't get injured, try and see if there's any clues, notes left behind, because they really didn't understand like the radius of where he's supposed to go next, how far this goes. The bomb squad was called at 304, um, at least 30 minutes after the first 911 call was made from the bank and about 10 minutes after Wells was arrested and sitting on the ground. At 318, three minutes before the bomb squad arrived, the bomb unfortunately detonated and blasted a fist-sized hole in Wells' chest. Mm -hmm. So this is also being reported on the news, like live cameras. So people at home and all those people in the crowd witness him basically be blown up and die that's awful yeah and you know at the like his story basically at the time is true you know he's like i'm not guilty like i'm just doing this so i can live like this is a real bomb he's telling them like please get this off of me it's gonna detonate if i don't do these tests like this is serious not even a few minutes later though the bomb squad did arrive um they actually had stopped streets so that way there wasn't any more traffic because of the bomb which made the bomb squad's arrival more difficult so by them trying to protect others, it actually made an Albert Cup. In turn, ended his yes. life. So I guess to the beginning, who is this man that unfortunately had a hole blown into his chest from a bomb? Um, Brian Wells was a 46-year-old pizza delivery driver for Mamma Mia's Pizzerita. Mm. Pizzerita. <laughs> <laughs> like the um, strawberries, but it's Pizzerita. <laughs> Mamma Mia, give me a pizzerita. <laughs> um, Brian Wells was a 46-year-old uh, pizza delivery driver for Mamma Mia's Pizzeria in Erie, PA. He woke up that day like any other and went to work. Just after 1.30 p.m. on August 28, 2003, they received a call from a payphone at a nearby gas station. The owner could not understand the customer and passed the phone to Wells. He basically was like, take this call, get the order, deliver it. So he took the order. They wanted two pizzas and it for it to be liver. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> he took the order and it was just two pizzas to be delivered to 8631 Peach Street, an address only a few miles away from the pizzeria. And this address is actually the old WSEE TV radio station transmitting tower. It's at the end of a dirt road, so it's like secluded as most towers are. He is then seen where we started off at the top. So basically he goes to deliver these two pizzas and then bam, 
at the PNC Bank is the next time he's seen. But what happened for him to get there? The police then examined Walls' car, and that's when they found the gun that was designed to look like a cane. And notes within the... Whoa. Damn. What year is this all taking place? 2003. This is like early Early 2000s, so there's not a lot Mm -hmm. of resources for them to like quick fact check shit. Like, you know? There's more security about stuff because of 9-11, but there's not like what we have today where they could be like dialing in <laughs> tell me space station you know but what happened for him to get there the police examined his car which is where they found the gun designed to look like a cane and notes with instructions telling walls what bank to rob how much money to request and where to go for his next clue so the cops actually doing their job go ahead and follow to the next clue nothing was provided so they decided basically the people who did this to him were watching him and we're like, okay, well, he didn't make it. Don't leave the clue. Or, sadly, they believed that it was all just a ploy and he was going to die anyway. Yeah. There was one of the two options. I'm leaning on number two. That it was a ploy? So yeah. what would be the point in him getting the money, though? For them to have. He would go to that location, but either way, they were never going to let him go. They were just oh, going to okay. basically have him, like, leave the bank, go there, and then search around him. for this clue, he dies. They mm-hmm. get the money anyway, because they're the only people who know where he is. Yeah. You know? So. Sad stuff. When Wallace died, he was wearing a shirt over the bomb, so, because it was, like, wrapped around his neck. It was obviously, like, a homemade bomb. You can't have, like, a classy, like, best fiends bomb, you know, just (laughs) chilling with you. But it was underneath this shirt, and the shirt said, guess, written on it. The cops took that as a sign of, like, try and find us, figure out who we are. So, for quite a while, the case goes cold. And then on September 20th, 2003, Brovenstein who lived near the television tower, called the police to inform them that the body of a man, James Roden, was in his freezer in the garage of his house. So, out of nowhere, this man's calling saying, hey, I have a dead body in my freezer. And they're like, what the fuck? Who are you? Why? What's happening? So you were not kidding when you said this shit comes out of left fucking Literally field. left fucking field. Like, this case goes cold. This man died on national TV. And then they're like, okay, now we got a body. Like, are these connected? You know, like, that's what they're thinking. They're like, okay. This happened not too long ago. Now we got this man in this freezer. Like, what's going on? Can these be potentially connected? man has a body. It's like, surprise, <laughs> Surprise, motherfuckers. Um, but after he had called the police, uh, Rothenstein actually wrote a suicide note indicating his planned death had nothing to do with Wells. No one fucking asked, but thanks. Like, now we're looking at you, you know? And the investigators do not believe he actually ever attempted suicide. He was just doing it to be like, oh, you know <laughs> try and not get in trouble for having a fucking dead body in his freezer maybe get like yeah. an insanity plea so how is this man in the freezer and how is this connected to brian wills like obviously this man knows something for him to say this is not related to him mm-hmm. like walking into the police station i did not commit a murder today literally i actually do not know who evil longoria is and i did not stab her in the neck 42 times is what this man just basically did like <laughs> sir no one knew or asked like you were doing it yourself well, Rodin had actually been living with Deli Armstrong for 10 years. In custody, he explained that Miss Armstrong had murdered her then-boyfriend, who was Rodin, the man in the freezer, with a 12-gauge shotgun during a dispute over money. Um, Rodin said that she paid him $2,000 to help hide the body and clean up the crime scene at her house. So they're fighting over money, but she was like, hey, do you want to hide this man? I shall also say, though, Rodenstein did kind of have a crush on Armstrong. It was kind of like one of those, like, I like you, but you never like me kind of things. So in some fucked up way, maybe he thought this was going to make her like him. 
Maybe. I don't know my business. I'm not into this shit, so. But in January 2005, Armstrong pleaded guilty but mentally ill to third-degree murder and abuse of a corpse for killing Rodin and was sentenced to 7 to 20 years in prison, but she is believed to have killed Rodin to prevent him from talking about the robbery plot. So basically, since he was like, this isn't connected to Brian, and then everything was like, this isn't connected to Brian, this isn't connected to Brian, they had assumed that they all made this plot and made all these things happen. That's how Brian was killed. So in April 2005, Armstrong told a state trooper that she had information about the Wallace case, and after meeting with FBI agents, she would tell them everything to be transferred from the Muncie Correctional Institution to a minimum security prison in Cambridge Springs. So, I'll finally confess to my crime to be moved. During a series of interviews, she admitted to providing the kitchen timers used for the bomb and stated that Rodenstein masterminded the plot and Wallace had been directly involved in the plan. So do we at any point, because the pizza guy, he said he was, it was three armed men. Mm-hmm. Do we find out who those men are? They're a lie. Oh, okay. They are not real. Okay. They are these people. These are these three people. Because Rodin was killed. Mm-hmm. So it's them. Technically, he's also included in his own murder. But I don't think he knew he was going to be killed. So he was involved in... He's actually a criminal as well. Involved in... It's believed that Brian Walls knew about it. Like, they had all gotten together. Because actually... I'm going to go down a little bit of my story, but... Jessica Hoopsick admitted to her involvement in the plot, claiming that she was asked by... Um, Armstrong, if she knew anybody who would just be like willing to comply, basically, and she had recommended Wolf, she was like, Psh, "He works at this pizzeria, like fuck it, take him. You know, yeah. he'll probably do it. And if there's some money in it, definitely." But she didn't know it was gonna end up the way it was, obviously, because I don't know who in their right mind would recommend someone. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just fucking crazy. So she admitted that basically it also been involved in the plan, and then Barnes, who was in jail on unrelated drug charges, turned in his brother-in-law after. He revealed details of the crime to him, which was Ronstein, by the way. Yeah. He's already, we already know who he is. Um, And then on September 3rd, 2008, Barnes pleaded guilty to conspiring to rob a bank and aiding and abetting. So he also was like, okay, I also was a little bit in on it too, you know? Um, (laughs) Might as well give it up. Yeah. And then on December 3rd that year, he was sentenced to 45 years in prison and Barnes' sentence was later reduced to 22 and a half years after he testified against Armstrong for her involvement. Mm-hmm. Um, in July 2007, the U.S. Attorney Mary Beth Bunchen announced that Armstrong and Barnes had been charged with the crime with Del Armstrong as the mastermind. In all of her interviews, she was like trying to be like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And then they would ask the right question and she would talk. She'd like be like, well, actually, we did da 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 da. You would only know that if you were really calling the shots, the information she was giving out. Um, I couldn't find information on what they actually talked about, like exact records. Yeah. Um, I do kind of want to look into it a little bit more and see if I can find any. But the way that it's talked about is very much so like, oh, I don't know anything. Yes, I do actually, because that information you're trying to pull off is wrong. Don't play my plan like it's dumb. <laughs> you know, so like kind of ratting yourself out without realizing. Bitch. Yeah, like very... Well, I'm fucking smarter than you, and you're dissing me right now. So I'm going to tell you how it is. But yeah. They just got to play the narcissist at their own game. Mm-hmm. But, but fortunately, on November 1st, 2010, Armstrong was officially convicted of armed bank robbery, conspiracy to commit armed bank robbery, and using destructive devices in a crime. And on February 8th, 2011, she was sentenced to life in prison. So she is officially in jail. Everyone else already had their charges, were in jail. But sadly, this was just three people who wanted money and 
asked the right person to get someone to be involved and sadly he died like genuinely had no idea he was gonna die and it's very like out of nowhere too like they just throw themselves in the mix like they just couldn't wait to tell somebody yeah that's just it's very not weird like i feel like they took a lot of like yeah. unnecessary steps to get money yeah like, if you're gonna commit a crime and to steal and another money, thing too is like jessica hoopsick like she even states in an interview with melissa chan of the time um stating that she expressed like extreme regret like she basically set him up in in an exchange for money and drugs Mm -hmm. and she's like very much regret because she feels horrible he's dead she had no idea that like he wasn't gonna know about the robbery and him basically fucking dying because there was no way to get that bomb collar off like when they took it in and like were examining it he was gonna die regardless they had no fucking plans of letting him go like it was designed to kill him yeah so she feels horrible um but yeah they knew what they were doing they just set this man up because he was a recommended person for them to get some money and commit a crime he's awful and then unfortunately um the other man who was just found dead in a freezer like what like rodan just got killed because he was gonna say that they were gonna kill someone it's very zero to 100 and 10 actually (laughs) i just got bored so i said let's crime yeah and there's no way like the story is very like zero to 100 as well it's like well this crime happened that's horrible that he died on the news oh there's Man a guy in the freezer, freezer. <laughs> yeah. we aren't related to the dude who died on tv like it's very <laughs> extravagant um but it's horrible that he died uh even the police genuinely don't think that he knew he yeah. was involved in a way he was gonna die but yeah i don't like that he was like three unarmed black men did this to me but different times different people but it's giving racism. Just a little bit. Extreme side eye for no camera. <laughs> Jim from the office camera glance is happening. I haven't seen the office in forever. Oh, my mom just finished watching it. She's like I, devastated on the inside. It's over. I think I watched like the entire first season, but then I just haven't any further than Don't that. Don't let Danielle know that. I can Cut say this part out. She'll be pissed knowing that about confidence, you. confidence, my favorite part is when Jim sends white messages on the printer from himself in the future and tells him that the coffee's poisoned me that's my shit that's me honestly to myself all right well (sighs) but yeah that was my case sorry to just talk about the office there at the end but (laughs) um definitely a little bit more intense very out of nowhere there i tried so hard to make that more of a cohesive story and it's just so all over the fucking place yeah and it's just fucking crazy they basically just continue to rat on each other for years they're like well this one did this because they're mad that the other one's ratting them out and just a bunch of hoopla they always snitch on each other once they get caught yeah and well i mean they they wrote themselves in they were like i did not do this well, I'm not connected. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> gonna walk into the PlayStation tomorrow. And be like, I have never committed a crime. <laughs> They're gonna be like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> yeah, but thank you for listening. Yeah, this is again second episode in a row, so we're a little tired. If anyone would like to sign up for our Patreon, we got three tiers. Dollar, you get access to bonus content. I got cryptids and gay shit coming towards you. Jordan's got. <laughs> 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 Jordan's got disappearances and plane crashes. Can some of your cryptids be gay? They might. Is that also part no, of the cryptids and might. gay shit? Like, 
are they just a combo deal at this point? Is it like a two for two at Wendy's? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. They're, they're, they might four? be separate, but you know, uh, I'm not gonna say cryptids can't do gay shit. All right. But the cryptids and the gay shit are gonna be different. Okay. Episodes. Okay, I fucks with it. Yeah. All right. So then you got five dollars a month. You can get access to all that bonus content mm. as well as you can ask us advice, and me and Jordan will at some point give drunk advice on air. Yikes. Yeah, good luck to anyone who follows that. We are not going to be held legally responsible for ruining your life. I'm going to say, I don't know, and that's how you know. (laughs) Do not come for me. And uh, for $15 a month, you can do both of those things as well as you can pick both our cases. You can pick it, or you can just pick a topic, or you can pick everything, including the cocktail. And that's all I got for you right now. We have an email, which is subfeed at c-3 podcast.com and then i don't remember what our instagram is it is c.3 podcast we have nothing posted yet but at some point we will and we'll eventually do other social media things and thank you anyone who has made it to episode four thank you yeah and that's on murder period (laughs) 